Warning, this podcast contains adult language that may not be suitable for children. This is the Flabbergasted Podcast, where we just can't believe you haven't seen it. Every episode, we discuss a movie that one of us has seen and the other hasn't. Follow us on Instagram, at FlabberPod, and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. I'm your host, Jessica. Let's get to it. Okay, so here we go, talking about the 1984 PG Ghostbusters film, directed by Ivan Reitman. It is classified as a action comedy, fantasy, sci-fi, and after losing their academic posts at a prestigious university, a team of parapsychologists goes into business as proton-packing, toting ghostbusters who exterminate ghouls, hobgoblins, and supernatural pests of all stripes. An ad campaign pays off when a knockout cellist hires the squad to purge her swanky digs of demons that appear to be living in her refrigerator. Good to be here, Jess. <laughs> so we watch, We just actually watched this together, Ghostbusters, and Rogi had never seen this movie. Correct. So why is this a movie you've never seen? I, now, when I say I've never seen it, it's possible that under the age of eight at some point, like I had a mental picture of the Marshmallow Man walking down the street, but he was more Michelin Man in my brain. That's I thought he had thing. more Michelin. Is it like, is this a, uh, what's it called? A Mandela effect yeah, situation? I, I have not officially looked it up, but I would say yes, because I always thought it was like, I always associated it with the Michelin Man too. Yeah. And I thought that they all stood on a balcony. I guess they kind of do stand on a balcony. But nothing else was like, oh, you should go see this, or have you seen this, or... I mean, go see this. It came out seven years before I was born. <laughs> um, you know, besides that, you kind of get your run. We never had, like, cable or anything. It would have been on. Yeah. I definitely had a cousin that had it on VHS, but it just never happened, I don't think. You know, I think part of it is it's it's so culturally ubiquitous that I've seen references to it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a bunch of it in Stranger, Stranger things, things for sure. And just in all, you know, in SNL skits and whatever else. So I was like, I, I think I've pretty much got the gist. And I was not right, really. I mean, I didn't really know. I guess I kind of, I knew what it was about, but I also didn't, if that makes sense. I know, we were watching and you're like, um, I thought this was about a marshmallow guy. Yeah, it turns out it's not just about the marshmallow guy. I don't remember not seeing this film. Like, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. I don't remember not knowing what it, like what it was. It's always been in your brain. Yeah. Which is very, like, if I'm thinking back and looking back on it, I do tend to get the first one and the second one confused until they start talking about the key master and which I know is like into it. But for whatever reason, I get the first one, the second one confused. Do they get, they go back to being college professors and get kicked out of college again? No, they, in the second one, if I recall correctly, they, they stay in the business and there's just a different, Dana's in the second one again too, but there's just a different big bad, if you will. Mm. But the EPA, uh, I mean, I'm pretty, if I recall correctly, they're in it as well. 
Sure. Which is which is an entertaining. Why not? It was such a useful and logical part of the first movie. <laughs> you got to bring it back. The people demand more EPA C guidance. Plot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah i I seem to have fond memories of this movie, and like all of again these like the little cultural references that you pick up and you so yeah. you I think like oh yeah it's really great, but I'm not gonna lie. Watching this, I don't. I was not particularly like, this is the best. So I don't know if over time my, you know, tastes maybe have changed or if it's just hasn't aged as well or what, because I definitely have like three times on my notes I've written, that's creepy, that's creepy, that's creepy. And I was not talking about the ghosts. Right. I think... Obviously, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I could one guess I might have is that it, it just starts out with creepy, like as creepy as in um, unwanted male attention. Creepy. Yeah. It starts out with creepy Bill Murray, creepy Rick, creepy Rick Moranis, um, the like gender dynamics early on. And that's like obviously besides the very first library scene, that's pretty much your lead into the movie is him cheating at the card game. And I mean, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but I, I agree with you. I didn't, I, I wouldn't not watch it again if we were doing, if someone was doing like a Ghostbusters party or something, but like it's fine. I wouldn't like fight about it, but I wouldn't seek it out. I, I didn't think, I didn't laugh at any point. Yeah. I, and th- like from that very first scene, he's, he's flipping it and showing the guy, the guy that he's wrong and buzzing him. And then he doesn't flip it to her. And so it's not that I didn't get it, but I was like, this isn't a smart joke. Like he's, I don't think he's smart. The joke isn't smart. And it went on like a really long time. They did yeah. it like four times. And I was like, what is this movie? I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. We're just establishing that this guy is a creep. So that way, when he's incredibly creepy with Sigourney Weaver, that that was like, what's ha- like, what's gonna go on here when he wouldn't leave her apartment? I yes. didn't like that. So back to the first thing when he's yeah. flipping the cards, though, he did say he's studying the effects of negative reinforcement. So right, I get sort of why he's shocking him when he's quote wrong. Yeah, but I still didn't love the. It was like the way out to introduce his creepiness. And I didn't love that. Yeah. I even wrote like Bill Murray is not delightful. And we watched Groundhog Day today Mm -hmm. and I was watching it. And I'm like, again, this is one of those movies. that's just always been in the background. And I'm watching. I'm like, he's pretty creepy in this. Like in the movie. Have you seen Groundhog Day? I have. It was probably like 15 years ago. It if you watched any of the scenes more, I don't know, any of the scenes for like 15 minutes or something, I would be curious if anybody else is picking up the creeper vibes or if it's just like, am I just in a weird mood yeah. and I'm picking that up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't it know. could be. I did have a note that when they introduced the whole team, he says, um, I just forgot Ray's last name again, but he talks about, he's like, doctor, Spinks. doctor. And then, Egon. Yeah, they do call I'm him like, Egon a lot. Is he not a doctor? Why do they is all this have such like a weird Big names? Bang theory where Howard's not a doctor? Are you familiar with Big Bang Theory? I mean, a I'm familiar bit. with it broadly. I've not watched it. Oh, okay. Well, it's a thing. If you're in the audience, you might recognize it. Why do they have weird names? I don't know. They all had really weird names. Yeah. I wrote down to like, they get kicked out of the 
college, which I get. I like how the college was like, we think science should be, and I forgot the word he used, but like a gift to people and like encouraging the, the growth of, of people. mankind or something. Yes. And he's like, and you're not doing that. And I'm like. Well, they just, they, he was like, you're a bad scientist. Yeah. Which he was. He was. They just like kept pounding it in. Like, he's a bad scientist. He's a bad scientist. But. It wasn't in a sympathetic way. It, the whole thing was just, he's not trying to be a good scientist. Right. He's the guy so in the group where, that the, doesn't do any of the group projects. Is he the protagonist? I feel like Dan Aykroyd's the more likable protagonist here. But he's the one that gets the girl for some reason at the end. No, not Dan Aykroyd. No, no, right, exactly. Bill Murray gets the girl, and then, so I don't... Oh, understand why? Like, is he, yeah. was I supposed to be rooting for him at any, literally one point yeah. in the entire film? I don't know. I want to talk about pacing a little bit. I thought the pacing was good. It was like moving quickly. We saw ghosts immediately. We get the plot lift off about them getting kicked off and having to start ghostbusters. That stuff happens quickly. They don't drag out them getting the seed money and finding a place that all happens. I mean, almost too quickly. Like they, you know, get the mortgage and buy a place in the same day. Like that, those things don't happen that quickly. Maybe in the eighties they did. So I appreciated that. It did. The movie didn't drag. It didn't feel rushed. I don't think either though. Mm -mm, Like from a realistic perspective, you're saying they wouldn't have gotten that all in the same day, which I totally agree. Maybe there's days in between that we're just not seeing. But they just, they showed us the stuff we needed to see and we knew stuff happened off screen. Yeah. Yeah. You have to assume. So that part was fine, but within scenes, some individual scenes for me kind of dragged. Like the physical, anytime they're doing physical comedy, it just went on like three beats longer. Like, oh, he's got slime on his hand. He's really yes. shaking it off. And like, uh, there should have been a laugh track. I mean, obviously they don't do laugh track in a movie like that, but I You I felt don't know. like you were supposed to laugh, but you weren't yes. feeling like you... Like laughing. And so maybe I don't, I mean, this is kind of a well-documented thing on Flabbergasted, which is my lack of exposure to films that are classified as comedies or lack of exposure slash lack of interest. I don't, maybe I don't think that movies are supposed to be funny are funny. Uh, That's my very first note is that, I don't know if it's the mood, but the physical comedy, none of them seem to have... You know, people talk about back in like the silent film days, Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton, like oh, a yeah, gift yeah. of slapstick, right? The and or like there's more modern actors. Oh, we could have put them back then; and it still would have been funny with them tripping and stuff. Yeah. And none of that was happening. Like, what was the funniest gag? Was it Dan Aykroyd crossing his eyes when a ghost was going down on him? Is what I'm assuming was supposed to be happening there. That is that what the, is and then he rolls out of bed. Supposed to be the funniest gag, yeah. or what actually was the no, funniest? No, what's supposed to be? What was the? What was in the trailer? Like, oh my gosh, the, I don't even know. No, but like hypothetically, like what? Yeah. Like what would you like? You just watched the movie. If you were cutting a trailer for it, what would you put on there? There's not a line where he's like, "And you got ghost busted." Like they don't have a capper no. line like that. Yeah. There's not one. Like there's no green slime. I guess uh, there's. Marshmallow gets dumped on people. The funniest thing I thought happened in the movie was when they're in the mayor's office for some reason. And he was like, it's true, sir. Yes. He doesn't have a dick. <laughs> That's what I was told. I, and like, he's playing that off in a really weird way for a guy that just like ruined his livelihood. And I was like, "That's a, he's being glib here. And that's the only thing I think that he's been funny this whole time. Because it's sort of clever, well-timed. Yeah. 
you weren't, you're not expecting that. Yeah. I think those types of lines in the movie are probably what I enjoy the most about the movie. Yeah. That and let's the not get song. crazy. The theme song right, and the whole montage. It carries there. it. It yeah. carries it. Yeah. The montage was fine. Yeah. Because mostly because you're rooting for because Dan Aykroyd is successfully capturing ghosts and you're like, okay, yes. yeah, well, like it's working he, well. They got the car up and running. Yeah. It's a very iconic siren sound. Like, mm-hmm. how is that not fun? That's mm-hmm. so fun. Love how they got the I mean, I have a whole note about the fireman's house, the yes. fire station that they got. They did it up really nicely in a way I appreciate. I love reclaiming an industrial space to have it be partially residential and like using for their purposes. So I love I how they're really like, cool. ooh, the structure's not really that great. Yeah. And both Egon and Peter are like, mm, I don't know about this. And they're trying to get the negotiating mm-hmm. to happen. And then Ray slides down thing. He's like, let's move in. Okay, that didn't work. But also, I was like, props to Ray, because he just took out a third mortgage. So mm-hmm. yeah, he should get his, what he wants. He gets the final say on that. Yeah. yeah it was things. It, but even like when I broadly look back at that scene, we walked into one building that it was clearly in terrible shape. And Egon said that it was in terrible shape in a hundred different ways, the wiring and their power mm-hmm. needs and stuff. And he goes, there's a pole, and they bought it immediately. Mm-hmm. I was like, was there a joke here? Like, I didn't entirely... Like we needed to go to a couple other places or have them be listing all the requirements to a realtor who's like, oh, that's so many requirements. Like I didn't, I either needed more or we didn't have to have the scene or we could have just had them buying, like moving in. Like it was the only thing we could afford. Like that was all I really needed. That's interesting. But that's, it's indicative of a lot of the scenes. Same thing with the car. I didn't realize they needed a car. Sure. Okay. You, but at least they just brought the car in. Do you think that it's, Sort of because they don't really know what they're doing, so the movie feels sort of like, but like in that time frame, hyper they don't know what they're doing. Actually, do they not know what they're doing, or do they develop technology that no one else has access to, with no lab that I can see that they is entirely proprietary that has to be incredibly expensive? I Egon's, feel like inc- Egon's aggressively each, competent scientifically. I feel like they each individually know what they're doing, but they don't really know what they're doing together. So that's why yeah. Ray like goes out and buys the car and there's no conversation about it because right. he knows we need a car. Yeah, as like a business venture, it's disorganized. Yeah. Sure. Does that help any? Yeah, or you're like, but nah. like, I don't care. Like, I don't, that, is that funny? <laughs> is it supposed to be funny that they weren't on the same page? He didn't even yell at him. He's like, you bought, how much was it? $4,800. It's 2024. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. I feel like that's 1984. a lot. It's more than I paid for my car five years ago. It, that exactly. But, I feel like it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it's a really long car that has like special stuff to it. So like, I don't know. If well, it was, that's but, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, Bill Murray, it needs to be explained to me. Because I think, I think what I want here's what I want to get into. Because we're going to talk soon about the, I don't know what term you want to use, um, like the masculine, the the male female dynamic stuff. Like I'll, we can hit some examples and things like that. I definitely want to get to that. Bill Murray, it's, is it supposed to be funny that he isn't taking his job seriously? The whole, the whole, the first two thirds of him being a Ghostbuster, he's rolling his eyes every time they talk every about ghosts. Time. And he's walking through this hotel and he's like, oh man, who ordered room service? Like he's just, and he's, he's, it's just 
there's nothing, there's nothing going on. And, but I, I'm supposed to think it's hilarious. Like a whole scene will go by and all it is, is him being like these eggheads. And then we, it pauses He's like the audience is supposed to laugh. And I don't understand. He, he didn't demonstrate any value to me at any point. No. I, what did he bring to he the had team? No, he, it's not like he was an expert on this history part of it or the religion or he, I, I, what he brought to the table was he one he liked the fame and, Put, put himself as the front man, like the face of it. I guess he's more personable, but not to me. I would rather hang out with either of the other guys. He yeah. was a jerk all the time to everyone. And like you said, is that that's him in Groundhog Day kind of? Is that just him? Is that was that his thing in the 80s? I'm trying to think of the other Bill Murray movies that I know, because I know at one point in my life, I thought he was funny. What about Bob? Okay, that's a funny movie. Okay. It is. He's super annoying in that movie, though. Right. But he's not an asshole. Like, yeah. he's just annoying. Right. Lost in Translation. I never saw that one. I'm running out of Bill Murray movies I'm familiar with. SNL. Was he on SNL? I'm sure he was, but I don't remember it. Me neither. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. You saw the new one. New what? The new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Wrong. Have not oh, seen. Okay. Oh, shoot. Okay. Is that I, the one with um, Mike from Stranger Things? Mike yes. Wheeler. Okay. Finn? Yes, Finn Wolfhard. And then um, there's straight Ghostbusters colon Mike Wheeler colon It's Cold Now, and that's about to come out. Yeah. Okay. I think Cold so. Ghostbusters. There's a new Ghost one. Ghost Frosters. Ghost Frosters. I don't know what the new ones. I haven't seen a good preview for it, I don't think, but I was just gonna ask, and I but I don't want to spoil anything for you, so we'll move that off the table. I okay. don't know if that's Bill Murray's standard character. I'm drawing a blank on the other things that I've seen him in, but I almost, this is the, the hopeful part of me is like, I think maybe he is the way he is because in this movie, right? I'm just yeah. drawing a bunch of crazy conclusions here, but what the other thing that he brings to the team is you made the comment. That he's sort of like the front man. Yeah. So who's going to fight the EPA guy if Bill Murray's not doing it? I mean, Egon like put himself in front of it and said, no, it's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, he didn't. He I know, seem but worse Bill Murray's the that. one who's like, you'll save thousands of registered voters. Yeah. And he's got he's, to the politician. So he can guy. be convincing. Yeah. And I sure. don't think that Ray or Egon or even Winston, who I really enjoy, yeah. would be able to like pass that off. Yeah. Maybe. So I wonder if like that's kind of what he brings. He has some kind of charisma factor. Yeah. It didn't work for me, but it did work for those other people. So maybe that is helpful. Other notes that I have, which apparently I was just stuck on how unrealistic certain things were, but <laughs> I love, so we watched this with Rachel and Jeremy and the first Slimer, when they go to get him, he's, he ends up in the ballroom. And the first thing that Rachel says is. Did you quote Rachel? Cause I, I did, did too. Oh yes. <laughs> She's like, that is a thousand. Look at all that work. That is thousands of dollars yeah. of damage. <laughs> yeah, I think even before that, she said, Oh no, they're going to destroy the ballroom. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, Very and she good, was like, Rachel. It's they so are beautiful. <laughs> um, which is funny. And you probably don't know this and we've never talked about it before, but Rachel is, I don't really She's know passionate about, um, event, event planning. Yes. And coordinating like wedding. Kind of? And showers and things like that. Like, so especially she knows wedding what basics. Goes into yeah. it and 
and whenever she does an event, it's gorgeous. So like mm-hmm. it was definitely a Rachel thing to notice that and to say it, which I loved. Yeah. It was, it was right on cue. And for then, Rachel. and then they're like, what do they say? $5,000. And she's like, yeah. and they're not going to cover any of the damage that they just did. Right. That is ridiculous. And Jeremy goes, well, we can just put him back. Right. <laughs> Again, is it supposed to be funny that they're bad at firing their blasters? I think that was the first real time they were firing them though. You know, they were so bad though. And it wasn't just like, okay, let me take a shot to see how the aiming works and to squeeze in the trigger a few times. It was long, protracted beam, clearly missing everything, everything. And so all I could imagine was that either that was some sort of joke about whatever, the phallic nature of the beams or something, you know, or... It's just supposed to be funny that they're bad at it. Like, I think that was it's all just I supposed to be funny that they're bad at it. Okay. Because at the end, cool. they're very regimented when they like pull the, the oh, yeah. things out of the pack. And right. Because even at the beginning, the he's like, and- new rule, don't cross the streams. I'm like, are, are you seeing these guys? That's yes. like That's like telling me to go up to pitch on a major league mound and telling me to paint the inside corner. Like, I can't get the ball close to the plate. Like, what are we... You're not talking to people that have control over the thing that they're no. shooting. But also maybe like... You should have told us that before we fired it the first time too. Like, sure. hey, don't do this. Can it, but oh, man, the scientific process, you'd think Egon and Dan Aykroyd would be a little more like, let's get a couple practice runs in here. We're going to set up a dummy. We're yeah. all going to try to do this. We got to get some, you know, proof of concept with these beams. Yeah. So that's weird. Do you think that that's, I, I don't know about movies, but I, that was a silly thing to say. I know about movies. I don't know about, know about what movies. movies you're drawing when you think of these things, but do you think that our expectation for that is because the first movie that's coming to my head is X-Men first class when he's teaching. Oh, you haven't. Okay. No, I'm not. No, it's the, the that's X-Men, but they're kids. The X-Men pre-X-Men, X-Men prequel. No, it's no? young X-Men. What about what, what, which one is it? The X-Men movie, but then it's also the Cuban missile crisis. X-Men first class. Okay. So Professor X, I mean, this is not, this is not going to track, but Gandalf. Professor X takes the guy into no, the- Professor X the, is Sir Patrick Stewart. Okay. Or James McAvoy. Mm, pass. Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah, but his younger version is James McAvoy. D.H. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> this isn't that hard. Okay. I mean, I love Patrick Stewart too. Don't get me wrong. But anyways, he takes him into the bomb shelter and he's trying to get him to, he basically like explodes. I think his name's Arclight or something like that. And he explodes explosions out of his chest or something. I can't remember exactly what the power is, but anyways, they have two, they have three dummies and he's like hit the center one. And like, there's this whole training process. And I know that there are other movies, all of the hero movies. There's a training montage. The first time he misses all of them and the guy's like, Oh no. Yeah. Oh, what a bad! He puts his hand on his forehead, and yeah. I mean, it's even with Jango you know, and bow Jane and even arrows. Had that kind yes, of thing. absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, you can go back to like starting to work on swords. There's whole there's whole stuff in Robin Harry Potter, Hood. right? When they're trying to teach Neville how to do their spells yeah. during the DA. Yeah. So, do you think like we're just like we want that because we're conditioned to see it? We want to see that journey. I don't think it's that I want to see it. I just it takes me out. It's, it takes me out of my suspension of disbelief when I'm like, okay, these are. At least some two of these guys are really good, competent scientists you would who know their thought. stuff. They can't, they could not and would not have skipped these kinds of steps. Yeah. 
because if they had a box to catch it in. So presumably they had a place to store it already built up. They already built the storage facility, but hadn't once tried firing their plasma rays. Come on. Mm. Yeah. And maybe that's us being picky and it's just like, it's just Ghostbuster movies. We're busting ghosts, but they don't, they don't bust that many ghosts on screen. They have the first Slimer, then it's montage, 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 montage. They're always carrying a steaming box, mm-hmm. but we do not see them shoot until they shoot again at the end. Andro- androgynous David Bowie character. Yeah. I blame Peter. Sure. They didn't have time to practice mm-hmm. because well, he's not he thinking was with his brain. He's like, we got to go do this thing. Got yeah. it right now. They're making, they're doing all of their yeah. PR stunts. Yep. They're going on the, on TV and all that. And they're on a million different magazines yes. from the Atlantic to like the New York post. Yes. I did love at one point, I don't know if it's in the commercial, but he does say there's a beginning line. And then he says, no fee is too big. Yeah. No fee. Yeah. And no, it's like, no job too big. Yeah, no job too small, no fee too big. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what supposed it is. to be no funny. Job, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I did kind of think that was funny. Okay, so let's talk about all of the ways in which this 40-year-old movie does not age well into our uh, current climate in terms of the weird patriarchy stuff. I what's interesting is I wrote down like creepy, creepy. And I even said like creepy count. Peter's creepy. Lewis is creepy. He's so creepy. And I know that he's like. He's creepy in a Marty McFly's dad way. Yeah. From back to the, but when he's young and back to the future, when he's being played by like, he's literally waiting for her to walk past the door and she is being very nice. Yes. Too nice. Too nice. Absolutely. She shouldn't even have to do any of that. So, but she does have to because otherwise he's gonna she's gonna wake up with him standing over her with a knife. With a knife, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is just blows my mind. But I also, right. fun fact, I have a note in here where I say, I don't think that counts as a fun fact. <laughs> That's just what it is. That's just notes. <laughs> I just have a note in here that says, "Is Janine creepy too?" Who's Janine? The secretary who loves. She creeps her, on by the Egon way. the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's not creepy when the woman is doing it because there's not the implied imbalance of power. Okay. It's creepy when a man does it to a woman because, I mean, obviously not from Harold, from, um, not Harold Ramis, um, Rick Moranis to Sigourney Weaver. I mean, he could wake up over her, but he's not going to physically overpower her. I think that broadly that's kind of the implication is that. She, her flirting with, trying to flirt with him is more harmless and her asking him questions about his life and do you like this and that. And she's not like actually pushing herself on him, but broadly, yeah, I think there's a perceived power dynamic imbalance. Like the, the, there's not as much of a perceived threat of violence if a woman is yeah coming on a little bit strong to a man. I'm with you there. I did write a note and I looked it up because I'm apparently somebody who has to look up heights of people while we're watching movies. This is, this You're is learning a thing this for about me. yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sylvester Stallone is like five, seven, isn't he? I don't know. I I'm have to sure look it up short. while I'm watching the movie, but I tend to notice for whatever reason, I notice more specifically or, or I ask myself, how tall is that person? Then when I look them up, they're about five, six foot or taller. Okay. Whenever I have that question in my head, I look them up and they're about six foot or taller. Okay. So I did look it up and Sigourney Weaver is about six foot. Mm-hmm. And Rick Moranis, who, by the way, shout out to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Shout out Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Shout out Canada. 
And his physical comedy was pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like in mm-hmm. when he's getting possessed and all that. But anyways, he's five six. But there right, are some shots shorter. in that hallway where he looks very, very short. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's about six inches shorter than her. I think just the said. one that I'm thinking of specifically too. He's How like tall are lean. You? I'm five foot. Okay. Wow. You're like fifteen inches shorter than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I think in the one he's sort of leaning, so yeah. it makes them look even more mm-hmm. height differentiating. But There's yeah. a couple times where I think it gives us a shot, like from Sigourney Weaver's yes. perspective, when she's like backing into her apartment and like closing the door on him, and you're just looking down onto like his whole head. Yeah, I think, and I think that's supposed to be funny, maybe, or just interesting. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's funny or if it's like, look, even small, creep, creepy, like pathetic, weak men are. Even pathetic, weak, small men are can are creepy, can creepy. and potentially dangerous. Because like, well, I climbed. I tried to climb up the balcony and into your window to shut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't love. They I don't love that. Him is just one of those guys. And then, like him trying to discredit the librarian really early on. Like, do you have a history of psychosis in your family? Are you are currently you menstruating? menstruating? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. But that was probably just that was a joke you could make in the eighties. Yeah. And it's not a joke. I mean, I think it's you're supposed to think he's an idiot when he's asking it because you know that it's true, but and that he's just being overly cynical and because he's trying to go pre- to preemptively discredit her. I think for me now, I'm just like it's not even funny because mm-hmm. people still really think that way. Really? If you're in a bad mood, okay, I'm not talking about if you're being crazy, but if you're in a bad mood, people are still like, are you on your period? That's, you're in a bad mood because you're on your period. Yeah. No, maybe I'm just in a bad mood because you're a moron yeah. and I've had to stand here and listen to you talk for two hours. I think of that as a trope that I see in TV shows that like old white men CEOs will be like, oh, don't listen to her. It's just that time of the month. And yeah. But I don't. I mean, obviously I am privileged, not, I don't have to deal with that on a daily basis, but I am blown away that people still like, like sincerely are like, oh, this, you, or you, you don't really think, you, off. you don't yeah. really think that you're yeah. just, you know, feeling bad because of whatever. That's ridiculous. I still get the, you should smile. What? Yeah. Wow, I thought those were just, I thought those were tropes. I thought, I didn't know that happened in real life to people. Yes, I'm so wow. curious. Yeah, it happens in real life. I'm like, Never to me. I don't want to smile. I don't need to smile. Now, I do believe that if you smile, like you can help, like Trick there's a positive psychology thing dopamine. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But That's sometimes different. I'm just, I don't want to smile. I'm right. in bad mood. I just want to kind of process that on my own mm-hmm. and figure it out. And I don't need somebody who doesn't know me saying, why don't you smile more? Yeah. It's different if it's like. This is how you know I'm a good feminist ally is because I know never to tell a woman that she'd be so much prettier if you smiled or any of that kind of stuff. And I I would never think to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. And it happens still. Bill Murray 40 years ago. Take notes. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So we've got the montage, which we're almost in time. We're seeing about half of it. On various small TVs in Sigourney Weaver's apartment. Yeah. So she's. She's keeping up with them. She's keeping up with it on purpose. Why? 
or they're just really saturating right the advertising mm-hmm. while mar- she does her typo uh, target markets yes target markets they're saturating just the the wavelengths Any, yeah there's yeah. only four channels in 1984 right <laughs> yeah so they're just on all they're of like, them let's hit they're it they're on the newsstands but and she does seem to be chuckling like as she's yeah. following along with it. And then she meets up with him and is like, they're like touching each other flirtily and Which she's giggling at so him. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you encouraging this? What has he done? Shouldn't you be like, I hate you. Go away. Other man I trust come here right now and stand next to me. I don't want this creep here. Yeah. Is the implica- be- has, have they actually still been working her case? See, that's the other thing I wonder. He's like, well, I've got some information for you. Here's Zool and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as a side note, I, and maybe this is because, you know, I'm more empowered than maybe she was. Right. But I have worked with businesses where I've said, listen, you know, this person is fine. I just would really appreciate working with somebody else. Can we make that happen? And I've said that at least on three occasions. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing all of this stuff happen on in the montage, which we agree is one of the best pieces of the film because it's just able to go quickly. Yeah. And I'm just at that point, I'm watching the montage. I'm finally getting the Ghostbusters song and I'm so thankful that I'm getting quick Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray jokes. I'm not lingering on a scene where I'm just supposed to think it's hilarious that Dan Aykroyd is in a room breathing or Bill Murray, like just them, them making like not even interesting faces. Yeah. Just like, the, the stuff that had been happening in the previous scenes was not catching me at all. Did this, did we get Winston before or after this? Because after. I really like his. It's the very end of the montage okay. we get Winston, I think. I really like his introduction. He comes in, he's here about wow. the job and he's like, she's like, do you believe in blah, blah, blah. And he's like, if there's a paycheck, I believe in it. Yeah. And I was like, there's somebody who's not too proud to do a job, mm-hmm. which I just connected with because I'm like, get it. You know, you know what you want. You're going to get the paycheck. You're there to do it. And you're going to jump right in because you want to be there. And I've worked at a lot of places. Maybe I shouldn't say a lot of places, but I've worked at places where people want the paycheck, but they don't actually want to do the job to get the paycheck. So I appreciated that from Winston. I also like that he's sort of dry. He's like the balance to Peter Vinkman's character. He's like the everyman. Yeah. Yeah. I see this is where we're going to disagree. I didn't, I mean, the actor I thought was perfectly fine. He just showed up and I was like, okay, what's going on with this guy? I was like, nothing. He's just here for a job that we didn't know was being offered. Like we didn't get the spinning newspaper help wanted like business is booming. We didn't get anything like that. So he shows up and he's already getting the job. I was like, oh, Okay, is he? What's he bringing to the team? Nothing. He's just just another set of hands. He, yep. He's not like, oh, you guys really need this science that I'm an expert in. Like I thought it was gonna be something like that, and now now we've got the four teammates. It's like no, we got the three teammates, and also this black dude that we hired, which is like a little problematic. Like if there's any kind of like, well, we're all the doctors, and that's Winston. Like, okay, um, you know, he's pr- proved himself to be perfectly competent, you know, without needing to be a doctor. So I just didn't, but the, and the, there's not a ton. There's not that much of him. There's him saying that maybe he's Christian in a car. And besides that, he's just a guy that's there, there. and is like, yeah, these guys are crazy. So, I mean, I guess that's fine. Like if we just are needing a ballast of someone to show how wild and crazy the other guys are, but 
he didn't, it didn't do a lot for me. I was ready for him to like have his thing. And then never quite hit. It, did, it never yeah. quite came. Yeah. It doesn't. I'm, I'm good with him, but I wouldn't mind seeing more of him in that. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind absolutely. having a bigger part. No, I think he's I great. I want him to have a bigger part. I love his voice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's one of those people that I see on a TV show and I think, oh, I like him. But, and I, this sounds horrible, but I can never remember his name. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Shout out. But I always seem to like him when I see him. I just don't remember him very well. Okay. So explain to me when Sigourney Weaver is on the phone with her mom. Yeah. When she sits down on the couch. I know. I don't she know. She takes off a pair of pants and has a full pair of pants underneath it. Yeah. What's happening with that? From a woman's fashion perspective, tell me what's I happening I have no with idea. That. If she was wearing jeans and they were long johns and you're in New York, so is the wind kind of cutting? I don't know. I don't know. This isn't a thing that I'm missing where it's like, yeah, Rogie, this is what they do. No. I will say 80s. in the past three weeks, I have definitely worn long johns under my jeans like three times. Interesting. I have worn long johns to take the dogs to go play fetch like out in a big field yeah. in the past month, but I do, do not do it on a day to day basis. Just outlive, just living my life. I like have getting in and out of the car. If I'm going to be outside for work. a while, just for like, while you're getting in and into, and then out of the car, because it's cold in your building because it's kind of chilly mm-hmm. and my extremities, particularly mm-hmm. my feet just mm-hmm. get cold. This so is a male I'm, privilege thing. I've never been cold in my life. This is, it is this, it's just something I thought I would try to see if I'm can stay a little bit warmer. Yeah. I went the day that we didn't have school or like the day before we didn't have school. So Cause it was cold. so cold that maybe that day I took the dogs out to a field and like, you know, I put on um, long underwear mm-hmm. and, pants and like a snow suit. And by the end I was like, Hmm, my toes are, are noticeably cold. Like yeah. I might like in an uncomfortable way by the, and it's just like, I recognize it. Not, and none of the rest of me was cold during that whole time because that's just how my body works. I don't and you would relate. have like not walked outside on that. Yeah, day. No, I hear what you're saying yeah. and I just cannot comprehend mm-hmm. That because yeah. I'm so cold. A you're lot. not the coldest person I know. Even yeah. Grace McDillan will n- would never turn on air conditioning. Like in the middle of the oh. summer, Grace McDillon, it, it, it gets too cold. She'll put on a sweatshirt. She will come over. And so she's like, okay, I know that means we have to turn on the AC and set it to like 80. And, and then she'll put on a sweatshirt. That's like, crazy. It's insane. I'm not that extreme, but I do not understand not being cold. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I, and I can, you know, we're just living different it. lives. Yeah, but yeah. I cannot like for myself, yeah. I can't picture it. It's like someone that it's like Rachel who can't eat anything that has pepper in it or anything that has ever yeah. seen pepper. And you're like, how? But the taste isn't painful. And she's like, but it's killing me. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. Like, I don't. It's like when you you need prescription glasses and you don't mm-hmm. know it and you're like, oh, this mm-hmm. isn't what normal looks like. Right. Or, or you ever think about how, like, when I see green, is it the same green that yes. you see? That kind of thing. Yes. This is, it's very trippy. Ghostbusters. So there's a tone shift where, okay, now Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis are possessed. Yes. And it's kind of funny that Rick, when Rick Moranis is possessed, he's walking around. He's walking around. It reminded me of the Vincent D'Onofrio character from Men in Men Black. Men in Black, yeah. Yes. 
they how said he's like a rather shorter yes so version. much smaller <laughs> one third size just yeah. g- grab by the corner and shrunk down on, yep. gl- on microsoft paint uh, dramatically but the like with the head till and some of like the like neck it was a lot of neck work by rick moranis he it's and his take on that is very different than sigourney weaver's take on it yeah. And I she, wonder if that was like a director's choice she became or if that was the actor's choice. Dangerous leopard goddess yeah. kind of thing. And he became, I'm filled with bugs. Yeah. And it's because she's the gatekeeper and he's the key master, key master. <laughs> or whatever. And I didn't, it was kind of interesting that they were like, okay, there's going to be a mythology and it doesn't matter. Like the details of what's happening here are not like, we're, we're just going to say some buzzwords. We're going to say mm-hmm. Zool and Hittite and Game Mass and Gate Master and stuff. And they kept saying Goizer or something. Gozer. Gozer. And I was like, am I supposed to know what that means? I hope not. And it's fine. It's no, just they, I mean, they tell bust. you what it means when he was saying Gozer's the destroyer. Okay. That comes in, takes on different forms. Like Rick Moranis character says that to Egon and uh, Janine. Oh, like Rick he, Moranis when he's not, yeah. when he's not weird little Lewis when he's got or the whatever. colander on yeah. his head. Yeah, 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 like I, he says it a little bit. Yeah. And then Bill Murray, um, Peter says a little bit to Dana. That he says Gozer a few times. Zool yeah. worships Gozer. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. People so it's worship, just enough worships. to. Okay. It's just enough to get you to where you're like, okay, this makes sense. This is the this is the thing. This yeah. is the MacGuffin. This is where we're going with this. But some of the Sigourney Weaver scenes, like her floating above the bed and like the way that her eyes were, or her tackling him under the bed, it was like this isn't a comedy right now. I mean, it's not like I was scared or whatever. I was like, the tone is really shifting, yes. and she's doing a good job. She's acting in a way that's I think very she's powerful. Good, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like other movies that she's been in, yeah. she's good. I've not seen Alien. I haven't seen it either. I do think it's very interesting that Creepy Peter is like, it seems like there's already two people inside of you. It might get a little crowded, right? She's kind of putting the moves on him and he is resisting. And I'm like, well, we're supposed to be endearing to him now. Like, Was that an inside you joke? Yeah. Yikes. I didn't recognize. I, I wasn't. I wasn't quite catching all of that. I think something was sort of happening yeah. right at that minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, something in our uh, mm-hmm. in our building, which was distracting from the movie, was happening right, right like at that been. time. I wasn't really worried about him taking advantage of her in that state. You know, the thought crosses your mind: like, is he really? Is he? Gonna, no, no, he's not. I mean, and he did. That would be horrible for who's supposed but the way to be he our acted hero. Last time he was in that apartment. That's what I'm saying. Was ridiculous. Like we're supposed okay, I'm just to appreciate shoot my shot. it. I'm madly in love with you. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. That's such an inappropriate thing to say to a client that you just met. So she's a cellist. Also, I don't know that. Were there any clues to that? No, that's what I'm saying. I learned that when you when were reading read it off thing. of IMDb. I she doesn't that, even have a bow. She doesn't have a big old cello. Like they could have easily yeah, been if, like, oh, let me get that for you. You know, little thing like you carrying a big instrument. Cello is a big instrument. Yeah, if you're walking out of the symphony, do you not take your own instruments to practice? Put it in your locker, maybe. I'm sure. What are you going to practice at home? You probably have a practice cello. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, depending on how nice of what you can only afford the one. They could have just easily, as easily made her a clarinetist. Like why'd it have to be right. a cellist then? I think that. I think there's probably more reference to her being a cellist in the second movie, but don't quote me. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's how this. It's a plot point. It's a musical I mean, ghost to bust. My write up might have been like, 
you know, after all the information had come in. I don't know. Um, I have a note that just says, no idea what's going on with Winston. He is nothing. (laughs) Like, there's nothing going on with this guy. I wanted there to be, but there wasn't anything. Okay. So we got to talk about the EPA guy, AKA Dickless, whose real name I do not know. Um, Oh, wait, his real name. I can find that. What's the point of any of this? He comes in one time and is like, hello, I'm from the EPA. Let me see your thing. And the guy was, and Bill Murray was like, no, it was okay. I'm going to come back with a warrant. He comes back with exactly one police officer. Yeah. He comes back with one packet, unopened packet of papers that he states a bunch of warrant words about. And one employee of the municipal power system. Who's like, I don't know what that and is. And screaming that this needs to be shut off immediately. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I worked for the state government on a county level. So from a bureaucracy standpoint, didn't even get like very up, high up into anything. The amount of time that it takes for someone at Indiana Department of Child Services to get a copy of like an autopsy from a local coroner if there's some kind of child fatality like that's bureaucracy, right? I mean, yeah. you're asking for this and we have email and stuff. Now you, you can't, this isn't how it works. My guys for him to come in and be screaming at him like this, like there has to be, I wanted someone to be like, what's the, what's the plan? Why? What, what do you think turning this off is going to do? What, how is, how was it worse? Yeah. They just I had no insight into this guy's brain of what he wanted and what he was thinking. Cause my next note is like, what is his motivation? He starts yelling to the mayor about how it's a hoax and they're using nerve gas. I was like, they must have cut out a scene earlier that they would explain to me oh. why he's trying to sabotage this business because I'm not seeing them polluting anything. I feel like that's real world right there. Sometimes people are going to want to sabotage you and you have no idea what the heck they're doing. He's not people. He's just one person that's supposed to be representing a gigantic government agency. That's correct. Yeah. And so I, uh, are we, I thought that he was going to be a ghost. He was, he was possessed by a ghost or Zool or something. And it was like, they're getting too close because he kind of had a weird, he had kind of a weird, crazy eye from the very beginning. Yeah. And obviously he goes crazy later. It's very weird. With the whole conversation Mm -hmm. was very, it was also kind of creepy. It's very off. He's like, what are you doing here? And, why don't you show me your magic storage system? So I just have to walk through it. He gets there. He semi accuses them of this isn't a real thing. Okay. Let me show me your storage system. We won't. Okay. I'll get a warrant. And he comes back. He screamed at them to shut it down, forces them to do so. Sees the building blow up. Then once them arrested, Yes. For blowing their building up, which is what he insisted on doing. Yep. Which like, okay, you're covering your tracks. Like I get the motivation behind that. I don't know why he did it, but I now understand why you wouldn't want to own up to it. He goes to the mayor's office with them and says, this is a hoax. They're pray- praying on innocent people. Like that is not, that is not any of, that's None of a what lie. you said before. It, is, it, it doesn't connect that. in any way either. Right. Yeah. Obviously both in both cases, you're lying, but you're changing you're changing all of it and you still seem to really believe it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he brought to any, I mean, they just needed a way to force them to let all those ghosts back out the, the, from a plot perspective. Like, uh, let's have a guy from the EPA come in and be really mad for no reason. 
Like it was just, it was half baked and it like, it honestly bothers me. Like I don't understand. I don't know. I think maybe they just needed it for the ghosts. Yeah. I, that makes sense it to me. It was funny watching them I think, go into the hot dog cart or whatever. Like I get the ghost coming back out. That's a problem. They broke containment, but like it, maybe they needed a mini villain, which is what he is yeah. to help mm-hmm. like unite them. They had to work harder to write him an illogical lack of motivation. Like, so if they didn't have him at all, how would the ghost get out? And what did it, what happened by the ghost getting out anyways? Let's just do the same thing, except you give me one shot of the um, sewer system out of from this firehouse is leaking green. It's leaking green ghost ooze. And they really are polluting. Mm-hmm. And they, maybe they don't even know it. Now the EPA is mad. Now I understand why he's there. Yeah. He can point to something. It all is falling into place for me. But none of it was true, and he lied about it in multiple different ways for no discernible reason Yeah, that I could find, unless he was in love with Sigourney Weaver. Who wouldn't eat, he wouldn't even know that yeah. she was part of the thing. Like, there's nothing, so I don't know. I just, in all caps, what is he talking about? What is, what is his motivation? Why is this happening? The only weird. other thing that that storyline brings is the political military support which is kind of a weird way to say that. Which to, does what? what? What does that do? Which just got them an escort to the building at right, the end. Right. Which they didn't need because everyone in town loves them. Yeah. Why? I mean, I know they were, they were popular and then things blew up and now they're all extra excited about them. Yeah. They didn't helicopter them to the roof. I'm curious. Maybe there was a scene cut out. That would be interesting. It seems like it. We're going to have to do some research. If you know anything about the background here. You should call us. You should call us at at our nine, phone number three seven. <laughs> I don't know what the phone number is. And I at don't. this point, I'm pretending I'm not going to learn what the phone number is. I'm pretending to think it's funny, like oh, that's just my thing. I don't know the phone number. Blah. I say it every time, and then I always have to ask before I say it. But I, I did that for the whole Harry Potter one too. Hmm? Do you have I, it right here? And I will in a minute. Okay. So was Bill Murray like hot in the 80s? Was he considered attractive at this time? Nobody I've ever heard talk about Bill Murray has ever said that it's he's attractive. Not I that I feel think like he's I'm missing unattractive, something. but he's sure. not like dream body. Right. I'm just I was at this point in the movie trying to find a reason why I was supposed to have ever connected with this character. 2406684375 Four, three, seven, six. Movies. Um, it has movies in it, doesn't it? I don't know. Me neither. I, like, I feel like my dad liked Bill Murray at one point because he was funny. Like, he mm-hmm. remembered thinking he was funny. I feel like that's his thing. Everybody thought he was funny. I would love to see Bill Murray being funny, but it didn't happen in this movie for me. No. So let's talk about the finale. It's... They climbed upstairs. Was that, was that funny? Was it funny or was it relatable? Because I hate climbing stairs. So I okay. totally get that. Let me know when we get to floor 20, I'm going to puke. I feel two like minutes that, of that two floors, man. <laughs> well, you're five I, feet tall. Sign, they, you're, yes. You're like, you, you've got it to swing your leg up to get up to the stairs. shorter people. Yeah. I'm just like tilting my foot and I go up a stair. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's very I can true. Do, I can do two. Have you ever taken I, two stairs at once? Yes. And I can do the first like four 
four steps, four of my steps. So mm-hmm. what is this? Eight steps mm-hmm. is fine. But the higher I go, the harder it is. And then I'm like crawling up the stairs. Yeah. I'm picturing you like having to lunge to get your foot up. Yeah. Two steps. Yeah. It happens. I would rather walk an extra long distance than climb up stairs. To go up a ramp. <laughs> yeah. No, a ramp's different. Ramp's right. fine. Yeah. Stairs, not so much. Stairs are hard. They get all the way up the stairs. Here's a new person. It's not Sigourney Weaver, I don't think. At first, I thought it was Sigourney Weaver still. But Sigourney Weaver's inside a dog gargoyle. Oh, yes. Along with, and so also is Rick Moranis. Yes. It's Gozer, which is androgynous David Bowie character. Yes. Gozer does a backflip. Which was weird, but fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's just very, that whole scene is very slow paced. They walk up, they look at it for a while. They talk to it about being a God. For they get knocked down. End of the movie. It's sort of anticlimactic. It's so slow. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I, it, I have to be like, it's 1984. They couldn't do boom, boom, shoot, shoot. Like a lot of whip cuts. Like they just couldn't, they couldn't do it that way. There or, was more action trying to get Slimer in the ballroom. Yeah. Like more pacing mm-hmm. dynamics more things happening than at the end of this movie and i don't know why they like did that mm-hmm. they eventually took a shot completely missed they took another shot pretended to hit and then it i don't know what happened it went away and then said choose your fighter and they said marshmallow yeah which is very video gamey to me like choose your fighter <laughs> what was it what was supposed to be my takeaway here what did what was the movie about was it just about busting ghosts? It's not about the triumph of the human spirit. It's not about, you know, um, men, mankind coming together to defeat a larger enemy. It's not like, what's the, like, what's the moral of the story? I like to think of it. And this is, this is a very hot take. Uh-huh. Like I have not developed this theory too much. Good. Outside of us just sitting here. Yes. But I like to think of it as, even if you don't exactly know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you fail at something, mm-hmm. you can still be good at something else. Right. Okay. They get kicked out of being bad at being college professors. Yep. So then it turns out they're at, what they're actually good at is ghost busting. Yep. And they do it pretty well. Yeah. Maybe not super successfully, but they get better. Like they start it. They do it. They get better. They're getting paid. They get re- they get good at it. Yeah. Until they got shut down by the EPA for no reason. I mean, they, by the end of the movie, they're actually better at the gun packs and coordinating together and like working as a team. So it's a realistic journey. Yeah. I'm using that term loosely, but a realistic right. journey is like not knowing how to do it and getting better. You got to take the steps to get to practice and get better at something. You're not just going to be great. I was workshopping some kind of take that was like something just because something's big and hard. Like you got to take the first step towards doing it. Yeah. That's not really what they're doing. They're just starting a business and then it kind of works and they find themselves in the middle of this thing. Yeah. They cross the streams. Is that a is that an allegory for something? I don't think so. I think no, this is before is they're putting that kind liner. of thought. Cross the don't cross the streams. Cross you still hear streams. that a lot in popular yep. culture. I mean, I say it. Mm-hmm. Don't cross the streams. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I my takeaway from Ghostbuster is that I didn't get it. So, do you feel very disappointed? 
I think so. Yes. I tend in these kind of situations. I mean, this is a stone cold classic popular culture, iconic movie that is referenced all the time. I tend so many different genres that reference it. It has sequels on, it has multiple, several sequels now, generations of them. I'm, I'm blaming myself. I'm like, what did I do? Was I not in the right headspace? I wouldn't give enough of a chance. I have a negative outlook on the early physical comedy and that soured me on it. Like, is this, is it my fault? I got some of the Rick, some of the Rick Moranis stuff, but like he's trying, he's acting so hard that I'm, I, I check out a little bit like, okay, dude, like, all right, you're banging on the glass and then you're not, and then you are, and then you're not like that go went on for a while. So the scenes just dragged yeah. that even him like, you know, chewing scenery was like, didn't, I wasn't like, oh, like I'm in a good mood about this now. I just don't get it. I don't get the movie. Yeah. I don't think it's a you thing. Okay. I think it's, it, I just didn't stand up very well. It doesn't hold up. It might yeah. not hold up. I will say I watched the new one, the not the all female cast one. I didn't right. see that one, but the one wow. with wow, I know you I know. go and see the new Ghostbusters movie, but not the all female cast. Well, I don't really this is love on you. it. I don't always love it when they completely like reboot it. I liked the new one to connect a little bit more. Yeah, mm. because I like the references, and I will say. Having seen the first two and then the Ghostbusters Afterlife, I feel like that one was good. There were funny things. There were enough throwbacks. Is this the first Finn Wolfhard? Yes. Okay. There were funny things and there were enough throwbacks to the things in the originals that I could enjoy, but none of like the weird creepiness. Right? Like you get a whole yeah. scene of them. They find they find the car. And so you get a whole scene of them in the car. And that's fun because Mm -hmm. of the car. Oh, one of the things I forgot to say in the beginning, not the beginning, maybe halfway through, whatever, when Egon's talking about the storage system is like hitting max. Mm -hmm. And, but the activity level of New York is like crazy. And he holds up the Twinkie and he's like, it would be a 35 foot. The 100,000 ton Twinkie or whatever, yeah. And I did write down, and now maybe he didn't actually do this, but because he's so super smart, I like to think that he just did that math in his head. Right. And I love that because I do not, that's another thing that I do not relate to at all. I'm not doing math in my head. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like he just converted the numbers on the meter that he's looking at to measurements of a Twinkie. That's like... That's some real conversion you have to do there. I assume that he's just trying to give a, a scale for like the, you to picture how big of a deal it was that it wasn't actually, but maybe. I like to think it was actual. My bigger takeaway <laughs> was that what's well, one of those things, it's a Big Bang Theory thing where he's so smart that he's bad at explaining things. Mm-hmm. And because when you say a 35 foot, 40,000 ton Twinkie, it's like that actually wasn't helpful at all. Because you don't really like, know what it has that to looks be like, like. You know, sometimes people will be like, um, you know, a million seconds is two weeks, but a billion seconds is nine years. And that helps you understand the difference between a million and a billion. You're like, oh, that was helpful. Thank you. And this is the opposite of that was it was like, yeah, from a Twinkie to like a now picture just a really big Twinkie. And you're like, picture a giant safe okay. puff marshmallow guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I was like, it's 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 one of those funny things like uh, dorky guy, bad at words. He's bad at words, but good at math kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And there's a throwback to the Stay Puft Marshmallows in the new one. I'm sure. So I feel like it hits the 
the good points of the old ones and holds up because obviously it like just came out. Well, you know, a few years ago, but still. I mean, there were movies that were about things. I just, the last episode I did was Fiddler on the Roof and that was about things. And that came out 13 years before this. Yeah. So the idea of a movie being about things wasn't brand new when this came out. It makes me a little sad. Because they made the movie to make lunchboxes. Yeah. You know? Well, it tied in with the comic books and stuff. What? It tied in with comic books. There's Ghostbuster comic books? I'm like 90% certain there's Ghostbuster comic books. If this is based on an, an already existing property that had canon and lore and backstory, I respect it so much less. Cause they could, cause then that means that they were very lazy about explaining any of the EPA stuff and they had to have actively cut out something that would have made any sense. Um, no, I'm sure there's comic, did the comic books come out later? Yes. Okay. Because this was a popular movie. Probably the movie was just like, oh, let's get Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray together and they'll be funny and they'll be Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then it became popular. And I get that. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah. And then there was a cartoon at one point. Yeah, for sure. So it just, yeah. But it, you're right. It's not really. I'm re. Well, maybe I'm not really reaching, but if I have to pull something away from it, that's what I pull away from it. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, like people, I'm not, if, if you love it, I would love to talk to someone that is like super into it and has watched it a bunch of times and is like, no, what you're missing is this. Like I might be missing stuff. Like, let me know. Honestly, I want to like it. I came in wanting excited about it. I feel like I've started hitting more of these movies where I'm, I probably won't watch Ghostbusters again. Yeah. Like I'll reference the things that I reference. Don't mm-hmm. cross the streams. Mm-hmm. There is no Dana. You know, I say those things. Oh, okay. But I probably won't ever watch it again. I don't blame you. It just, and I don't, again, I don't know if like my taste changed so much or maybe, you know, I'm looking for more now. I don't know. Listener, if you are absolutely flabbergasted by our take, not even lukewarm, just us being anti-Ghostbusters now and feeling bad about it in my case. Uh, please let us know if you're a strong Ghostbusters fan, if you agree with us, if you think Bill Murray is creepy, if you think Bill Murray is hot. Yeah, I would be curious in all of those opinions. Or was hot. I mean, I'm not holding you to modern day, extremely wrinkly Bill Murray. He's got his own sort of grandpa charm now, and that's different, and I get that. But explain to me the Bill Murray thing, and it's not. I'm just too young slash missed this piece of culture. So I'd love to hear what you guys think about our take on Ghostbusters. Yep. Thanks for listening. We hope you uh, enjoyed it. (laughs) And don't cross the The streams. streams. (laughs) Bye.